Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. On the Logistics of Logistics, I talk to experts in logistics and transportation, warehousing, fulfillment, supply chain, and of course, technology. And during these interviews, I'm always the one asking the dumb questions. I ask the dumb questions so you don't have to. Today's topic is elevating transportation sales and marketing with my friend Jennifer Carpus Romain. Jennifer is the executive director at TMSA. That's Transportation Marketing and Sales Association. And their whole mission is to help you grow your sales. So if you need some help, you need some new tactics, some new strategies, TMSA. And their website is tmsatoday.org. They're having a conference in June, June 11th, 12th, and 13th down in Savannah, Georgia. I will be there. Please join me down there. But if you can't make it there, at least listen to the podcast. So how's it going, Jennifer? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. I'm excited to talk to you about this topic. So Jennifer, please introduce yourself and your company, where you're calling from today. Sure. I am Jennifer Carpus Romain, and I am the Executive Director at the Transportation Marketing and Sales Association. We are a trade nonprofit in transportation and logistics that's fully dedicated to helping sales and marketing professionals in this space um, level their programs, their best practices, networking capabilities, really finding a space to meet those people that want to talk about transportation and logistics and sales and marketing, because, you know, that's not always a hot topic everywhere, but it certainly is for us. I think it's what people in this business care about the most is sales and marketing. And, yes. and when I say sales and marketing, they just want the results of sales and marketing. They just want Revenue, revenue, revenue. Yes. And we're for the people who have to execute on that and to prove the ROIs on their marketing campaigns and strategies and help sales process be better and more efficient. So we have events, we have um, training, we have a member portal, we are a membership organization. And so we have a member portal that has all of our old conference presentation, webinars, our benchmarking study, all different types of resources for our members to be able to really dive in there and find best practices for what they could be looking for. Yep. And that is tmsatoday.org. Yes, it is. So every once in a while when I'm looking at, I, I type in transportation sales and marketing, but it's not, it's transportation marketing and sales association. <laughs> and it's not just tmsa.org, it's tmsatoday.org. Some some rogues must have gotten in and taken tmsa.com. <laughs> must have, yes. <laughs> so you, the reason we're talking is you have a conference coming up. So talk to us about that upcoming conference. And by the way, I have never been to a TMSA conference yet, but I saw Jennifer at Manifest and she said, we need to talk. I'd like you to come to the conference. I was like, yeah, I've been talking about it and talk. I talked. It's funny. Just before COVID, I was like, I am going to get involved with TMSA and COVID happened and it felt like 10 years. <laughs> and now I'm like circling back. So tell us about your upcoming conference. 
Absolutely. So we have the TMSA Elevate Conference, which is June 11th through 13th in Savannah, Georgia at the Hyatt Regency. And we are just pumped for the show. We're in the final stretch. Our um, event page is events.tmsatoday.org and it has a countdown on it. We'll put some links to that in the show notes so you don't have to all write that down. (laughs) Perfect. But there is a countdown on it, which has been like a blessing and a curse for me because when there was like a lot of days, I was like, oh yeah, I have like 100 days. Now there's like... 25 days to conference, but we're in the final stretch, but there's a lot of great and exciting things going on. We really believe in providing content and education and networking for attendees. And we do things in a little bit of different ways. Like we have a TMSA buddy system. So if you are brand new to the show and you're coming for the first time, you can get connected with a buddy that can help answer those questions of like, I mean, I try to send out information of like what to wear too, because I feel like that is always my question of like, what is the actual dress code of this conference? Can I wear hokas to, uh, to the conference? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and Those so, conferences get uh, old for your feet. Yes. So I normally wear like kind of the dressier shoes the first day and then realize, oh, everybody else is wearing running shoes. I will wear running shoes the second and third day. <laughs> Yes. We're doing something a little bit different this year too, is one of the things we're doing. So our show starts Sunday night and runs through Tuesday afternoon. But as one of our networking, because we are a trade nonprofit, we do like to embrace that nonprofit side. And we will be doing a community give back to a local organization in Savannah. And so part of networking will be talking to people, but also like packaging goods for the local community. So those are the types of things that we're trying to incorporate into our programming. So like elevate that networking, but also just doing something that makes you feel good too, that you don't always get to do at a conference. And then we of course have great educational content. Our opening keynote this year is Jared Orton, who is the president of the Savannah Bananas. And we have group tickets to the Savannah Bananas. What is that? Oh, the Savannah Bananas are like kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. And they really revolutionized the way I was actually just in a call with Jared yesterday and he was like, yeah, the game starts at like seven, but from five 30 to seven, it's like a whole performance before. So like people come in, it's open seating. And so I was just laughing. I'm like, yes, this is like a totally different baseball experience, but that is why we're so excited to have him at the show. And he's bringing like his marketing manager and his customer experience manager too, to answer questions because that is such, um, something that can be viewed as boring and making it fun and engaging. And isn't that something that us in logistics and transportation would love to learn more about? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And so you said this starts what day? So it's Sunday, June 11th. Mm -hmm. Now it starts on a Sunday. What time on Sunday? So it starts, let me make sure I give. So we have a newcomer's reception that'll start at three Mm o'clock. And then we have that community team building give back at four. And then our opening reception starts at five. Okay. So there's some things that you can do. And then the Savannah Bananas game is optional. It's an extra ticket price, but that's on the Saturday, June 10th. So, and then we run, and then we're all day Monday. So we start with the Savannah Bananas. We have some breakout sessions throughout the day. We have a shippers panel, and then we end on a session called Marketing and Sales, How to Grow Revenue Through Alignment, because to have the most 
positive sales process. Those two departments really need to be aligned. And then we have a awards program called our Trailblazers Awards. And that Monday night then is our awards ceremony. And we really like to go big with that. And we just have a lot of fun. There's a dance floor. So we just want to really celebrate the industry and those winners. And then on Tuesday, we get back together. We have more breakouts, more general sessions. And then we'll end with our closing keynote. Her name is Deborah Gardner, and she talks about streamline into action, how to accelerate you to drive greater results now. And then our lunch will be on Tuesday, will be right after that, will be kind of the end of the conference. And she'll help facilitate to have us actually, you know, take something away from the conference. Because I feel like, I don't know about you, but when I go to conferences, I get really inspired, super pumped, super jazzed. And then I hit my email box the next right. day. And then it just disappears. And we really try to support our attendees by giving them space to make like actual, like tactful, like next steps and processes and accountability to each other right. to make sure that they're gaining that actual value to execute on. And then on Tuesday afternoon, there's another add-on opportunity to take a tour of the Port of Savannah. Oh, that'll be cool. So all kinds I of stuff. I say this all the time. Most people who are in this business never visit a terminal or a, a port. And so we we talk about our tech, and I joke about this, but it's no joke. This business is built on the back of people driving trucks, loading trucks, the ships, dock workers, warehouse workers. And we talk as if our tech does all of these heavy lifting. It does not. And I think that's really useful to be able to get get a trip like that. So I'm I will definitely want to go to see Port of Savannah. I'm also excited to see Savannah. I am of Irish descent. I'm an American through and through. Ireland would never claim me, but <laughs> but all my relatives are from Ireland. And Savannah is, I think, the most Irish city in America. So I've always uh, always been interested in going there. Never made it there. So I'm I'm excited to go there. And so. I also like it starts on Sunday and but it gets ends Tuesday Tuesday night. I like that I have my whole week more or less. I see, mm-hmm. because conferences, so we're, we're, it seems as if we're kind of coming to the end of conference season. I don't know how some people do it. They just go from conference to conference to conference. Mike, yes, and we used to go. So we used to go all day Monday, all day Tuesday, and last year we ended before lunch. And I, so one thing that I'm really, so I took over the association at the very end of 2021. And to me, this is kind of like a a rebirth of the association, just making sure that we're actually meeting the needs of our members and our attendees. So I asked them at the end of conference, like, please actually fill out the survey that we send to make sure that we're doing what you want. And some people really liked that shortened time frame, like really jam pack it and then let them get home. And other people were like, hey, we would love more ways to engage or to network. And so I was like, let's do a port tour in the afternoon. So those people who want to continue on and want to have that full day experience can. And those people that are like, okay, like I really need to get home. They have that option too. So we're trying to give kind of the best of both worlds for that. Very nice. Very nice. So tell me a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us some bullet points about what you did before you took over running the TMSA. Yes, it's been a winding road. So I've lived in Northeast Ohio pretty much my whole life. I went to Ohio University down in Athens, Ohio for college. So I did go down there for four years of my life, an amazing 
four years that I remember most of. <laughs> and then I came home. And so I've lived kind of in the Cleveland area. I lived down in the Akron area for a little bit and then came back around. But my career started in journalism. Cleveland area then? Is that what Northeast? Yes, I'm okay. the- I, mm-hmm. Not too far from me. I, I think I'm in, I'm in Detroit area. I think it's four or five hours. I'm not, I still want to get to that rock and roll hall of fame. I don't know if they call it that anymore. Cause it's not just rock and roll, but, <laughs> but it is cool. I would love it to get there. Cool. So I started my career in journalism and then I transitioned to marketing and then I started to do marketing kind of in the tech space. And then one of my focused industries was transportation. And that's how I actually came into TMSA in 2017 was as a member. And I fell in love. I loved it. I loved talking about this industry and sales and marketing. It made me a more efficient marketer to be able to talk to not just other marketing people, but other not other, but like salespeople. I wanted to create the best sales collateral for my team. I wanted to be intuitive to their needs. And part of that was finding a space where I could ask my dumb questions to to people and really understand, oh, this is this is what they would be looking for from their marketing team. So I can replicate that for mine. So when TMSA then was looking for new leadership, I was on the board of directors at the time and leading the marketing committee for TMSA. And I said, I just feel like I want to do that and really help take the very best of what TMSA is. We're nearly 100 years old. We're 99 and we'll be 100 next year, but really pushing us to modernize and making sure that we're ebbing and flowing. Right. And so much change during COVID. I almost joined and I remember talking to predecessor Brian and it was during COVID and I remember him saying, Hey, you know, I was going to join. And I was thinking, I don't know. I'll, I think I'll wait. Th- I'll wait three months before co- COVID's over. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that you say transportation, marketing and sales association. There's a lot of people in always been a lot of people in sales here. This industry is driven by salespeople, it feels like. And until I don't know, the last 10 years, it feels like all of a sudden marketing is starting to get more, I won't say credit, more recognition that it can impact our growth. For a long time, it was like, well, we we hire guys uh, right out of school, guys and gals right out of school, and then we put them on the phones and eight out of 10 do not work out. (laughs) They, They don't want to do that or they don't do it well. And most of us who get those phone calls don't want those phone calls. And by the way, I I have gotten phone calls and I won't mention the names, but it's a really big broker. And I would get the same phone call from a a new young man every six months or so. And he'd say, hey, we'd like to move your freight. And I said, I I don't move freight anymore. I said, I used to work for a trucking company. We had some backhauls. That's why I was working with your company. And he goes, oh, well, you don't move freight anymore. And I said, by the way, they gave you the dead list. <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? I go, he's, they gave you the list of people who no longer work with your company. And he always said, and, th- and their first thought, well, that's not what they said. I was like, no, of course not. <laughs> they said, these people ship with us. Maybe not in the last five years. Yeah. I get calls too. And I'm like, I'm a trade associate. Yeah. I get them. So I get them right now. I mostly LinkedIn messages now saying, I'd love to move your freight from wherever. And I guess my point is that is that was the way we did it. You just 
you just were making a hundred phone calls a day or 60 or 40. And I think we got LinkedIn. We started using that more, but it was never super into marketing. And I did run a little logistics company. We did not have a, a focus on marketing. We had a focus on, we need sales. And it was mostly through networking and, you know, not even cold calling because it was just didn't seem to work very well. So I love that you guys have a focus on how do we get marketing and sales working together? And, you know, because I think I think salespeople who've been in an organization where marketing is really engaged and part of the process, they'll find out they're doing a lot better. Yes, I think the alignment between sales and marketing is incredibly important. I would even say that a collaboration with them and your customer support, customer experience teams as well. Everyone has a different touch point along the customer journey, along the sales process, and understanding your piece and how it fits in with the rest of the puzzle is really important. And if one of those pieces isn't working functionally with the other, then you see these huge and there's another thing I've noticed, like when I've talked to so many people over there, because I did do some digital marketing, did some websites, and I, I worked with a number of firms. It wasn't for me. I uh, And I also have done a lot of like sales training in the past. And people had reached out to me and said, I would like a big following like you have. That was because I was writing all these articles. I said, yeah, I can show you how. I'll, and they were like, don't show me how, do it for me. I was like, well, I wrote like 500 articles. Yeah, do that. Oh. That costs this much. Oh no, thanks. It takes time. No, yeah, yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> I, I, I would like you to do those articles for a hundred bucks a piece, and you're like, no, that's not how they work. <laughs> but anyway, right now we are in a down market, and I suspect some people are trying to do more with less. Nobody wants to shrink. It's hard to not shrink in a market like this. Whether you're a trucking company or or a broker or 3PL warehouse. Everybody's feeling a little bit of a pinch right now. There's so many special services. I should throw those in there. And also the tech companies, because so many tech companies serve our space. And I got to think all those budgets are being looked at as like, no, 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 no. We're not spending more on tech right now because we're not spending more on hiring a marketing person or hiring an advertising agency. I just think everybody's probably trying to cut back. And I'll throw one other thing in there for you, Jennifer, and then I want your two cents. It also seems like in recent years, the bar has risen. There are companies that are using HubSpot and they have a whole process. And that's not just HubSpot. There's other tools. They have these wonderful processes. So if you're just the regular company that doesn't have kind of those magic tools, it could feel like, man, we're falling behind. So... What do you think about all that? It's a lot to unpack, but I do think that there, as we are seeing people get financial backing, as some of these bigger companies are kind of paying to play a little bit more, it can get intimidating to do your own work, especially like what I see in a lot of my member companies is no matter how big or small they are, there's often one marketing person. And sometimes that person is then coordinating with different outsourced resources. So like they have like a SEO manager, they have a PR agency. And yeah, some of those contracts are what is being reduced or cut out completely right now because 
they don't have a budget for it, which then puts all that pressure back on that one person or that small thing. But I think what's really important for companies to remember is that even in a down economy, you still want business. So getting your brand out, showcasing your brand differentiators, taking time to make sure that there's brand alignment through those different departments. Everyone has a unified voice and understanding of your vision and your mission. That's all important stuff and, and work that you can be doing with or without a budget. There are a ton of free tools out there. I don't necessarily recommend like getting every free tool that you can find and then trying to implement it, but really think about how you can utilize technology to make your life easier. So yes, you mentioned HubSpot. There are a ton of tools that you can use within HubSpot. And so if you think about the sales team, if somebody is taking a cold list and calling 100 people is probably less effective than if you are, as a marketing team, using the tools that you have, vetting through some of those people that are incoming and then saying like, here, this is like 30 people that actually want to work with us. They've had this many touch points with us. They've downloaded this form on the website or they want this quote for this type of business. All that stuff incredibly important and, and good work to be done between marketing and sales. I do think that those different departments can be at odds sometimes because they're fighting over who's more important because I think historically both sides have kind of downplayed what the other one does a little bit, but I think they're both incredibly important to the process. I think they're one group. The idea that someone says sales and marketing are in different groups is to me, that's the problem. Right. Like you should have common goals. Like your your revenue goals are still your goals. And what your what your purpose is and what you're doing is different because in marketing you're talking about how do we get the brand out there? How do we have leads incoming? How do we vet those leads? Okay, this one metric this one avenue is actually working really, really well for us. How do we, then we do more of that? And you were talking about how over the past 10 years marketing has kind of been able to to push more. And I think it's because companies are finally realizing that a marketing person should have a seat at the table. They are watching trends. That's their job. So they're looking at what's coming next in the market. They're watching, they're doing competitor analysis as, as part of their job. So if we're not asking them to then actually use those insights for the betterment of the company, then we're right. missing a lot of valuable opportunity. You know, I think about this. I'm not, I'm not a, a shipper, but if I was, let's just say right now, I was a small company and I was looking to, to get a tr maybe a trucking company or two or some brokers or 3PLs to help me. I Somebody could be calling me all day, but I don't recognize their number. So I was like, oh, don't know who that is. But even if they were to get through to me and say, hey, uh, Joe, I'm calling you about your freight. I would be like, I'm just, I'm just a number on a list for this guy and this. And I might take the call if he says something interesting. But that that is, I remember when I was still doing, making those kind of calls, you're always trying to say something clever. It's almost like, it's almost like I've kind of used the uh, analogy, like trying to talk to a, a guy or a gal you don't know, but you'd like to know, where you're like, I want to say the smartest, most clever thing ever. And you say it and they look at you like, what? <laughs> well, I think with that, too often we're trying to be clever and we're not thinking about what they actually need from us. If you get somebody on the phone, you should talk like your whole 
purpose is trying to get them on the phone so that you can sell them freight. Well, think about what kind of freight they're trying. So yes, like the calls that you get, you don't have freight. So that person isn't actually doing their research to see how they can right. help you. And that's like- what, what percent do you pick up on the phone? For me, it's far less than 1%. Most of them just go event. I just put them right to block call. Mm -hmm. And that's, I, I will do that too. But that's when we're talking about creating an effective sales process, thinking through like what, if you leave a voicemail, if you get them on the phone, if you're sending an email, how are you showing them that you right. actually want their business? It's the same as like when people go into the job market and you just blast the same resume and the same cover letter to everybody. It's, you know, you're not showing that you actually want to do business or actually want to work for that person. You're just saying, yeah, you're a number on my list. But if you said, oh, hey, like I can see that you ship this type of product and we're going into that season or whatever, then that means more. You're connecting with them on a more personal level. You're showing that you did do research on their company. And yes, that takes more work, but that's also where like your marketing and your different tech capabilities can come in. Because if you're utilizing a CRM and you can see, or even if you're trying to um, book more loads with a previous customer, like you can see what they did. In your system. Right. So for me, you know, getting back to like if I was a small shipper, somebody could call me and ask about my freight and I might not even talk to them because I don't answer my phone. But what I am doing is I'm going to go on LinkedIn and I might ask, can you recommend somebody? I might also go to Google. I might also start listening to podcasts like mine to learn what should I even be doing. And so I feel like there is this hope that I catch Jennifer or Joe on the exact day that they are saying, I hope somebody calls me because I hate my current carrier and brokers and I'll call them and they'll go, perfect, great, we can work together. But more likely, I'm going online and I'm looking and I'm, I've am i read this before, lately about different things. It could be six months or a year before I make a decision. And I think about if I'm going to net, I'm going to go on a trip to Napa Valley. I go online. I Google. I look to find people who are talking about that. I might go on YouTube. And I go on LinkedIn. I want to see who's who's killing it on that space. So, And there's so many ways that I will look as a shipper that I did not look so long ago. And now, this wasn't so true 10 years ago, there are people who have written articles, how to select a 3PL, how to get, how to find the perfect broker. And I wrote, I wrote a ton of articles in the past, how to select a 3PL. And I was number one. I Googled for that for a long time. I stopped writing, but people found me that way. I did a lot of webinars, how to select a 3PL. And I was running a three. I was a general manager, COO. So I was doing these and people would go, I, I did it straight. I didn't say you need to pick us, but sure. people would find me. And I remember one guy said to me, he goes, let's switch this to a sales call now. <laughs> I go, <laughs> and he told me to become my sales guy now. I was like, okay. <laughs> sure. And I, of course, I don't mind if I do. But anyway, <laughs> there's so, I think what we're saying here is that there's a down market, but the bar has also risen. The customers are exhibiting different behavior. They're going online and they're looking for people. They're following people. People win business. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a podcaster. 
People listen to podcasts and then they pick because they go, you know, I heard Jennifer on your podcast. I like what she had to say. And they reach out. It's not that hard to reach out because you find Jennifer's bio in the in the show notes and the links to her LinkedIn profile. It's easy now. So you don't have to go, I have to take a whole bunch of phone calls and go through a whole bunch of people who might work with me. I can search for them. So we have a down market. The bar has risen. The customers will not comply. They won't answer their phones. <laughs> they might not eat. And by the way, another thing us customers don't want to do is when you send send an email or I'm sorry, LinkedIn request that says, hi, Jennifer, thank you for connecting. It seems like you're very successful and would be very good with a franchise. You're like, that is a horrible way to, and I know we're all anxious. So if I connect with you and I want to sell you something along the way, I can't just send that because you almost think I should delete this connection right now. Right. Because they didn't follow the protocol. <laughs> yeah. And that protocol is in our head. I don't want that. Right. Well, because it's about building real relationships. If you're just trying to sell somebody in like, especially something that they're not at all showcasing that they're interested in, then that's just going to turn them away. And I think that, it is good to have multiple touch points in different areas when you're trying to connect or sell to somebody, but do it in a more organic way. Like, yes, if I see somebody in my HubSpot account and they've opened like seven emails from me, but they haven't responded to an email, then yeah, maybe connecting with them on LinkedIn and being like, hey, you know, I see that you're interested in this type of content, would love to share more or make it more conversational or relationship-based grow that. Don't just hit them over the head with it because you can, because it's not going to give you the results you're looking for. You know, I'll, I'll use you as the good example here, <laughs> Jennifer. So I talked to you last year after one of your conferences and we did kind of key takeaways, which was great. And then I was going to join and I, I was interested. I just didn't do anything busy, right? Then I saw you at Manifest. And we talked and uh, I was like, oh, you know, I, Manifest is like drinking from a fire hose. I loved it. <laughs> but I'm talking to you. I was going to say, hey, I should, let's do something, right? I want to join TMSA. And then we got separated. And then when we came back, you sent me an email and said, hey, let's catch up. I want, and then you said, I want you to join TMSA. And I was like, yes, I want to. But we had this relationship and I feel like people are saying, I don't have a year. And that is true. We don't. Sure. But I think if you've been in the business for a while, you want to have that idea that I can constantly be networking, get to a conference. I have these touch points via LinkedIn, maybe share some content and some interesting ideas on social media. By the way, so many people are now doing well with Instagram and with, with TikTok, LinkedIn, and which when I talk about the sales marketing bar being risen, it has. And I think it's also really intimidating for people because they're like, all right, Joe, you just told me we have less time, less money, the market's down and the bar's risen. It sounds like all oh, horrible, but you said to me before we hit record, let's focus on what we do have and make the most of it. Leverage those tools to their greatest because I suspect if somebody says, we have a CRM and we use it, are you using it at 20%? Or at 40%, 60%, what performance level are you really getting from that? Because you paid for it. Get more from it. 
Yes. And I think the biggest thing is with your tools or without your tools, but use your tools is the follow up and follow through. So I think that like going to a trade show is kind of a perfect example. Your marketing team can do all of the work in the world to get a good booth and a good spot and have good swag and have good collateral. But if the sales team doesn't have capacity to follow through on the leads that you're getting from that trade show, then what is the value of that? And that's where like, it's really important to work together. Make sure that if you are going to a trade show, your marketing team knows like what area does sales actually need help with right now so that we can make sure that we're targeting the right parts or um, hitting the right areas. What type of collateral? Like I know that I I actually did this with TMSA when I was a, a marketing person. So I was the one who went to the show. My salesperson was supposed to come with me. His wife was pregnant. That did not happen. So I created him like a, a cheat sheet really of like, these are the things that people, when I talked to them, these are the things that they were interested in. Like they were really interested in learning about like, because I sold CRM technology, CRM and a TMS integration and how like robust that type of integration could be. That was a big ticket item at that show. So giving them the, per, if someone wasn't at the show, but they're the ones in charge of follow-up, giving them that type of enablement to help them have really, really good follow-through and follow-up because you also don't want whoever is doing that follow-up to be uneducated about what they're following up. And that's how you can use your CRM, put notes in. So if you're the person that's at the show, say, Hey, I talked to Deborah and she really needs help with her stuff right now. Or I talked to Bill and he's looking for a new carrier, but like in a couple months because he's, he's in contract right now and he can't get out of it or whatever, but utilizing that information. So they have all of the proper information to go into that sale successful and help setting that. But I've seen that all too often that things are marked as not profitable or bad ROI because the follow through wasn't there. Right. And that's just so important to make sure that we're, we're going through the full cycle and not just having like a great ramp up and then it, it falling off. And a lot of that isn't because like a salesperson is lazy. Sometimes it's because they have so much, they have to prioritize where that fits and like, do they know your trade show schedule and when in their schedule, they're going to be dumped a huge lead list to follow up on. Like, are those the types of conversations that are being had at the company? Right. And I can say um, not so long ago, I had Kara Smith-Brown on my podcast from Lead Coverage, great marketing agency. She will be speaking at Elevate. <laughs> I know she will. I look forward to meeting her in person and seeing her speak. But she was great on my podcast. And one of the things she said is HubSpot has a ton of stats now. And not just HubSet, there's other tools, but that's one of the ones that they use over at uh, Lead Coverage. But she mentioned that when you do have the opportunity to follow up, so somebody sends me a note saying, I'd like to be a sponsor. Do you follow up with that that minute, that hour, the next day? The stats are kind of crazy. You have this probability of closing that is like, I think it's 10 times greater if you do it right away, that within an hour. And yep. what I've done, I've done this a lot of times where people, when I was doing different kind of business, somebody say, hey, Joe, I, I need this, this, this. I respond right away. And sometimes they don't respond to me. And you go, holy God, you reached out to me and asked me for help and then didn't respond. That has happened to me a lot. But I also know this, if you wait a day or two days because you're busy, that's gone. 
just write it down. It's gone unless they were really desperate to work with you. Because a lot of times our customers are just as swamped and just as busy as we are. So they're on to the next thing, next shiny object, (laughs) next crisis popped up, right? The next shiny object. (laughs) My phone had all these cool new Instagram things I had to watch. I'm sorry. I couldn't do my job. But so you mentioned follow up and follow through. And I will throw this in there. We all know this. We're not doing the deep work. That deep work is sitting down and focusing on our work. There are people who are really successful in sales and marketing. And I suspect if you were to look at them, what they're doing better than the rest of us is executing. They are not getting bogged down in the wrong stuff. So you all have to figure out what is the right stuff. And we can't just say it's hard and I'm not going to get there. Find out what, what are those steps and be really deliberate about Step one, step two, step three, do it every day. Execute, execute, execute. Because it's so easy to get lost in the sauce. We have so many cool things to look at these days. And part of it can be this tech stack we have. We have our our Outlook, and then we have a CRM, and then we have stuff coming in through the website. And it all just feels like it can get overwhelming. And of course, I have social media that wants my constant attention. Yes, there, there are so many different elements. And um, that's why, yes, I think if you're really deliberate on what you're doing, the type of tech you're using, making sure that you're running proper tests to see if that's working. There's a ton of free applications and free tech that you can test out and then if you're actually finding the value of that, then maybe then you get the approval for the paid version. But I have seen way too often that people will integrate or really go headfirst in, into technology. And then they're like, oh, well, that wasn't successful because nobody used it. But it wasn't the tech that was the problem. It was the follow through on that. Like, how often are you training your employees? Are you having regular touch points? If somebody is struggling to use that system, are, how are you helping to engage there? Are you having proper reporting set up so that you can, you, like, that's part of why we use those tools is so you can have easy reports and dashboards to see where things are. But if you're not putting all the right data in, you're going to miss that. So there's a lot of follow-up that needs to happen. But I think that's where things are often deemed like not successful, but it's because we're not putting that deep work in to make sure that right. they're, they're working for us and we're making those proper investments. Well, it, it I, again, I'm, I'm like everybody else. I sit down to do something and I get distracted because, oh, somebody messaged me on LinkedIn. I wonder if that's, I wonder if it's Jennifer responding to my message on there, or I get a text message from my, an existing customer or teams, people on my team who are sending me messages and throw in a few meetings a day and then my my screwing around that I do. And it's really feels like we are not doing the work and staying focused as we need to. And sales requires a lot of discipline. So, so does marketing. But I feel like sales, you can get pulled a lot of different directions and waste your day. And at the end of the day, when you uh, waste a day or two, don't be surprised if that ends up... Uh, costing you a sale or two. Anyway, one other thing I wanted to talk to you about was chat GPT. And by the way, there's a dozen others. And 
these tools are, they're still new, obviously, but they are starting to change things because like, I know like podcasts, I can have this, the transcription created from AI and I could have also could say, Hey, write an article based on that podcast. Now, would it be perfect? Probably not. I would want to tweak it, but it's amazing how far you can go with ChatGPT. And I was, it can't say, Hey, just write an article about the TMSA Elevate Conference in Savannah. It will write it, and but, sure. but it will won't be exactly what you want. But if you go in and say, write an article about TMSA. Here are the five key points. It'll put those five key points in there, and then you'll have to tweak it. But we were talking about this before we hit record. I know you're a writer, and I've done a lot of writing in the past. I will say I'm more prolific than good, <laughs> and it's it does a really good job. I'm just shocked. I mean, it it will improve a lot of your writing. It's it's like having a writing buddy. But the reason I bring this up is I feel like if we're going to leverage some tools to get faster, better, cheaper, do more with less, look at some of these AI tools. <laughs> yes, I I have played around with ChatGPT and it it helps you get started. I think, especially if you're a non-writer, it can yeah. really help with that. And cause I've done it and it would start it and then I would, you know, rewrite it, but it's the same as like being an editor and helping a writer oh, yeah. kind of get it, get it to where it needs to go. That's kind of how I feel with that, but it can definitely help you. Or if you're just like stuck on like one word that you need to clarify or that you wish it said something else, it can help with some of those prompts and just push you to get past your writer's block or wherever you're yeah, at. If you took an hour to write an article with ChatGPT, it's too long. That's how I feel about it. It is it is that good. So I guess my point is, while we're trying to do more with less, consider using some of the tools out there. And because again, I really do feel like in this day and age, we're pulled a lot of different directions. We have to really focus on what do I want to accomplish and how do I want to accomplish it? And if your content creation is one of the things you have to create, have to do that, one of the things on your to-do list, then leverage some of these tools. Anyway, I want to switch back to this conference. How do we come, how does somebody who's listening and they say, oh my God, I need to get me and my team to that conference how do we get there? What do we got to do to come to this conference, Jennifer? So our event page is events.tmsatoday.org. And I'll put it in the show notes. We um, on there, you can get all the information about the conference. You can see the um, current agenda, who's speaking. We have all of our featured speakers. So that's going to include David Adler, who's part of a law group that's talking about protecting your brands, tip tricks, tips, tricks, and strategies for creating strong brands. So actually like that conversation that doesn't happen a lot about like protecting your brand. Charlie Safro, president and founder of CS Recruiting is talking about the talent battle. Holly Labota, partner and co-founder at Luminaries Consulting is talking about unlocking rapid growth, how to get your accounts on a maintenance mode. There's all kinds of great content, but you can see all of that on that event page and then you'll be able to register right through there. Members do get discounted writings they or discounted pricing. They can do that inside our member portal, but the non-member rate is up. 
And then I know at this point, I think our hotel block has closed, but you should still be able to call in and get there if the rooms are available. And is most people stay at the Hyatt Regency? Mm-hmm. Are there other hotels that are, I mean, if you can't get in there? Yes, there there's hotels? all kinds of hotels all around Savannah. Well, I'm so, looking forward to it. But I just happen to, to be looking at it and I think it closed. <laughs> so, but because we're we're in the, the final stretch here before conference. And then if anyone has any questions, they can feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or via email or anything like that. Happy to help. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I told you before before we hit record that I like to interview smart, interesting people like you, people who are killing it. Who else should I interview? Well, pretty much anyone on our speaker lineup. Would I be interviewed great. all the people you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. But um, one of our newer speakers to TMSA is Bob Hitt at Salesforce. He is great. He's their North American lead for the transportation group there. So that would be a great person. Yeah, I would love to interview him. And I like that he is focused on transportation and logistics. Mm-hmm. And although yeah. I like that you guys are focused on transportation and logistics because every industry is different. So the, you know, and I've interviewed lots of sales people, sales coaches and marketing people. I, I tried to, the marketing people who are on my podcast with Adam Robinson, Nadine from Think Show. Show. Yeah. And Kara Smith-Brown from Lead Coverage, Adam Robinson. Those people all focus on Jim Beerfeld from Logistics Marketing. All those people focus on our space. It's hard to find sales sales trainers who just necessarily focus on our space. And it is a unique space. And by the way, we all know warehousing is so different than over-the-road transportation. Carrier sales might feel different than you know, freight forwarding. So we need to get down to that conference to find those experts who can help us grow our biz. Well, I'm looking forward to it, Kara. So I, what I'll do is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile. I'll put a link to your website and any other links you give me, including the the uh, conference link. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you down at Elevate. That's the name of the conference, right? Yep. Happy to have you and happy, just really excited for the show as we gear up in our final stretch. And then we are already knee deep in planning our executive summit, which is October 11th through 12th in Chicago. Oh, that that's close for a lot of people. Yes. And then aiming to announce where our 2024 Elevate conference will be at this conference. So a lot in the works here at TMSA. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Jennifer. I really appreciate it. I look forward to finally getting down to a conference with you guys. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You have been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage with leaders in the logistics and supply chain community. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, hit the like button, and leave us a nice review on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you listen. Also, please check out our videos on YouTube and connect with us on LinkedIn. We're very big on LinkedIn. And you can also reach us on the logisticsoflogistics.com, our website.